0: Welcome to the Nach Daily, a congregation, a Havas Torah initiative. Since our last podcast, we have completed Sefer Shoftim, which is wonderful on two levels. Firstly, because we're making such gratifying progress uh, through Tanakh, uh, irrespective of whether there is a podcast on a given day or not, we're moving one parak a day, and secondly, because uh, the, Yom, the Yom Tovim have spared me from teaching the very last narrative in Sefer Shoftim, which is Pilagesh Begeva, which is hard to read and uh, even harder to teach. Uh, more than one person has approached me about how uh, difficult the content is, how objectionable it is, how, how violent uh, the content of Sefer Shoftim is, uh, particularly the last third of the Sefer, and that is, that's true. It's difficult to read. It's very graphic and violent. Um, and the critical point here is to remember that it's supposed to be objectionable. The, the Navi is not condoning this behavior, just the opposite. Shoftim is being held up as a kind of cautionary tale for how bad things can get when there is no central authority and when we uh, allow ourselves to be influenced by foreign relief systems and cultures. Just yesterday, we began Sefer Shmuel, but as you have noticed, it's kind of impossible for me to produce a podcast the day after a Yom Tov, so today is our first podcast, and therefore I will try to give an account of the first two chapters of Sefer Shmuel, as well as some general introductory ideas about the work as a whole. And that's a tall order, but I'll try to do my best. The sefer opens with a man named Elkanah, who has two wives, one Chana, who is childless, and one named Penina, who has children. The relationship between Chana and Penina is acrimonious, but Elkanah and, uh, and, and his wife Chana have a, a very loving relationship, and he tries unsuccessfully to cheer up Chana uh, when they would make a pilgrimage to Shiloh each year, she would be upset. She wouldn't eat. Um, he would try to give her uh, the best portion of the sacrifice or maybe a, a larger portion of the uh, of the Karban. But Khana was unconsolable. And we are told that one, one of these years she went off to Davin uh, by herself for a child. And she says uh, to Hashem that if uh, he grant her a child, so she will set him aside for the service of God and she'll treat him to some degree as a, as a nazir. He won't have a, he won't have a, a haircut, etc. And uh, while she is davening, she is interrupted by the, the Shofit of the time, the Kohen Gadol named Eili. Who sees her and thinks that she must be drunk because her lips are moving, but she's not speaking to anyone. Um, but uh, uh, for, well, firstly, just as an aside, we see here that this type of prayer, though commonplace today and for thousands of years, was not the norm in their time. And in fact, the rabbis use Chana and her prayer uh, both in this and the next parak, the first and the second parak, as the kind of cornerstone of our prayer. Uh, that 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 we daven in each and every day. So Hannah is a very formative character in the history of tefillah itself. So okay, so Hannah tells Eli that she he has the wrong impression. She's not drunk. She's not uh, anything. That she in fact is just broken hearted and she's simply pla- praying for a child. And indeed, soon after uh, Elkanah and Hannah do conceive and have a child who uh, is uh, named Shmuel. Um, Chana then makes good on her promise, and she brings Shmuel to Eli to serve in the Mishkan in Shiloh. And then in the second parak, we read Chana's song of of joyful praise to Hashem for her deliverance from suffering and from childlessness. It's a beautiful tefillah, a kind of shira. And then uh, the lens focuses more on the story of Shmuel in the sphere of the Mishkan, and Eli and his family. We learn that Shmuel uh, is uh, very pious and dutiful, and he's just a, a, good, a good person, a good child. And we learn that Eli's sons, Chafni and Pinchas, are, um, are ministering priests in the Mishkan, and uh, are, are not good. They are, they're actually quite bad. They take advantage of their position. They extort pilgrims to Shiloh. Uh, they take a bigger cut than they are due at the expense of the divine portion. And uh, they seem to take advantage of women as well, uh, who are in the orbit of the Mishkan. Eli tries to intervene, uh, but he's kind of ineffective in in doing so, perhaps just altogether too late in order to really correct their course. And so Hashem sends a prophet to Eli, who uh, tragically tells him that that Ailey's children are not going to succeed him. In fact, they are, they're they're going to die, um, and that sets the stage for Shmuel's ascent. As a, as he is a person of integrity and with a stellar reputation, uh, it is uh, it is clear that he will be the one to succeed Ailey as the uh, as the leader of the Jewish people. Now. Allow me to make a a few important points uh, about these prakim and the book of Sefer Shmuel in general by uh, beginning with a simple question, and that is why is this initial narrative not part of the book of Shoftim? Eli is a shofate. Shmuel is also a shofate. He's the last shofate of Israel. So wouldn't it make sense to put this? In the, at the conclusion of the book of Shoftim, and to start a new Sefer with the beginning of a new form of governance, uh, and that is with, uh, with the kingship, with Sha'ul. Shoftim should include all of the Shoftim. And the answer to that question is no, of course. And the reason is because the organizing principle uh, in dividing these Svarim, Shoftim, and then Shmuel, uh, is not the form of governance, but the general religious and moral trajectory of the nation. Shoftim, as we have said now many times, is a downward spiral. Shmuel is a book of ascent. In Shmuel, we go from tribalism to a unity, uh, to a unified people. We go from a mishkan, which is impermanent, to a beis HaMikdash. We go from an ineffectual tribal leader system of chieftains, that we, we've called Shoftim, to the great David HaMelech. That's the trajectory in general of this work. So you can envision these two books on a graph, uh, if it was the stock market, so we had a a, a recession that led to a crash in Shoftim, and now we're beginning that upward tick towards a full recovery. And so you should be bullish about Safer, uh, about safer Shmuel. I like to uh, use the stock market analogy because uh, I think uh, it's helpful in terms of thinking about having peaks and valleys. In both of these far, in both the downward trajectory of uh, of Shoftim and the upward trajectory of Shmuel, it's not going to be a smooth ride. Say for Yehoshua, I would say, is the closest that you'll get to that kind of smooth ride, everything going right. Obviously, there were some hiccups, but on the whole, you really were, it was just up, up, up. Um, not so in the book of Shmuel. Um, there are, it's, it's peaks and valleys, highs and lows, but on the whole, if you look at the work in general and the general kind of uh, where, where we start and where we end up, uh, you'll see that safer Shmuel is a much more positive and, uh, and, and um, upward-pointing safer. The fulcrum of this national transformation is Shmuel. And that's why the book is named for him. The Gemara tells us that he's the author of Sefer Shmuel, but it's not named for him as the author. He also authored, uh, the Gemara tells us, Sefer Shoftim and Rus, but those are not named for him. This is named for him because of the, not his authorship, of the significant role that he plays here. And um, even though Shmuel will be kind of the key national player... Uh, In terms of this broader transformation, the Sefer wants us to know that Shmuel doesn't arrive out of thin air. Indeed, he is the product of his very pious mother, Chana. We noted in our treatment of Shoftim how important mothers are in the development of great leaders. Eshet Manoach uh, is the mother of, of Shimshon. So Eshet Manoach is also like Chana. She was barren, um, but she doesn't call out to God. She doesn't daven to Hashem for, um, for a, a child. And Hashem simply sends her an angel, and the angel instructs her how to treat Shimshon uh, as a Nazir. And despite his clear uh, directions to Eshas Manoach, Isha uh, the, the, Manoach and Manoach will kind of need a redo of the whole thing and need the, the angel to come back and give him the details. Contrast that to Hannah, who takes the initiative. She begs Hashem for a child. She offers that the child will be a kind of Nazir and will be set aside for Hashem. She doesn't need an angel to come to her at all. She doesn't need a divine uh, moment. And, and once the child is born, she knows that it's from Hashem, and she honors her word, difficult as it must have been to, to essentially give Shmuel over uh, to, the, to the realm of the sacred and not keep him home and, uh, and tend to him as, as she must have naturally wanted to do. As a result, Ishay Manoach has Shimshon, a very morally complex character, and Hannah has Shmuel, who is righteous and good, and one of the most consequential leaders in all of Tanakh and all of Jewish history. So, the first major point here is mothers matter, and uh, and Chana is of course uh, a, a hugely consequential figure, um, understanding that it is really uh, the outgrowth of her piety uh, that uh, that produces. Shmuel, and Shmuel, of course, then goes on to play the huge role that he does. Furthermore, Elkanah is uh, a Levi, and he's from Beis Lechem Yehuda, living in Hare Ephraim. Uh, where have we seen that bio before? Oh yeah, uh, the Leviim at the very end of Sefer Shoftim the, the, the levite who becomes the, quote-unquote, rabbi of Pesel Micha, of Micha's little temple, uh, and also the husband of the, of Pilagesh Begiva story, um, these are both Leviam, and they're both corrupt and bad, and that reflects the, the, the erosion of the priestly class, of the Leviim who are meant to be role models. Now we have Elkanah. Elkanah is devout. Uh, he is uh, making regular pilgrimages to Shiloh. He's loving to his wife, He's sensitive and caring, uh, much unlike, obviously, from the Pelegesh Begiva story, but also Manoach. We find that Manoach doesn't quite trust his wife in terms of the uh, uh, the angel appears. She, she tells Manoach what, what she learned, and Manoach kind of says, well, I need to hear it firsthand. That's not how things work with Chana and Elkanah. Chana says, I promised this child to God, and elkanah says, okay. If you if you if that's what you said, then that's what we'll do. And and Elkanah goes along; it's his child too, uh, and yet he's willing to allow Shmuel to go and, and work and service and and service the the mishkan, basically on Hannah's word. So he doesn't have he doesn't require his own audience with Hashem to tell him to to go through with this. So I think all of that is quite telling. In short, Shmuel emerges from two people that are the opposite of the parents and and, and the and the Levites that we have seen at the end of Sefer Shoftim. That bodes very well for him, and indeed, it will come as a little surprise that Shmuel will ultimately usher in the kind of sweeping transformation. That he does. I just want to say one other general note about Sefer Shmuel, and that is that this book is a remarkable literary achievement. It begs to be read, to be learned, but to be to be read to 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 to, to read it as a literary work uh, is. Uh, it's only through that that you'll get the full effect of the sefer. It's a remarkable literary achievement. Aside from, it's obvious religious and and and. Uh, um, D- devotional, the devotional, the ways that we approach it from a religious perspective, but to to simply read it is to is to get so much from it, and and not to read it is a real is a real loss. So those of you who are always reading uh, the Sefer uh, together with Nach daily. Um, obviously continue to do so, but those who perhaps up until now have just been listening to the podcast, if that's what, all that you can manage in the day, I, I understand, but if you have the, the thought, the aspiration to start reading the, the Prakim, I want to encourage you to do that for Sefer Shmuel, you'll get so, so, so much uh, from doing so. That's it for today, Chazak ve'imat, and happy learning.